Hi, Signature Associates and friends. Welcome to the Signature Edge Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you design an uncommon and impactful career in the business of healthcare. Together, we are making a difference for our clients by lowering the rising costs and administrative burdens associated with great care. Engage with us as we spotlight big ideas to discover an uncommon you through leadership, teamwork, and focus on the healthcare industry. Think deeply, commit fully, and take yourself to the next level of performance. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of The Edge. And welcome back to this season where we're talking about uncommon teams. At Signature Performance, we have a passion for people and the healthcare industry. And naturally, we don't gravitate towards average, but excellence, and that requires that we grow together. Today, I share the stage with two of my good friends, Amy Hennings, who's the Vice President of Experience. Welcome to the show, Amy. Hi, Mark. Good to be here. And Chris Woodhouse, who's the Director of Claims XM. Chris, welcome to The Edge. Thank you, Mark. Great to be here. Hey, as we get going, In this conversation about psychological safety, which I think is really, really important, before we get to a technical definition of what is psychological safety and why it matters, I'd like to ask each one of you, what's your definition? Like, when you think about psychological safety, what do you think of? So for me, I think psychological safety is all about cultivating an environment and culture where people can be open and honest without fear of retribution or reprisal. And so they can be their authentic selves. You know, when I hear psychological safety, I think of confidence that you have the confidence to do what you think is right and the next right thing, knowing that you're not going to, there's, there's, it's, it's a safe place to do so. And I, and that's, probably a, not the right thing to do is to share, use the word. That's like, what, what board game is that? Where they buzz you? <laughs> taboo? Taboo. Yeah. 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 So I, you can buzz me with taboo by using that, but really it's that confidence that you are safe. Yeah. I think that confidence is huge. When I think about psychological safety, just, just off the top of my head too, I think about it's giving the benefit of the doubt. It's being able to have the benefit of the doubt. Now that doesn't go without the work required to get the benefit of the doubt. But I think this is a deep and rich conversation. Technically, uh, the definition is a shared belief held by members of that team that it's safe for interpersonal risk-taking. And as we think about this concept of building psychological safety, why is that important at Signature Performance? I think it's critical to have successful and high-functioning teams. If you have a team where this is lacking, people won't step up, they won't speak up, they won't go outside their lines uh, when coloring, so to speak. You know, they they feel boxed in. Whereas when this is part of your culture, when this is part of what you work to bring in as a leader, people tend to think more outside the box. They tend to give more. They tend to participate more. They tend to be active members of the team. It's crucial. Chris, I think that's really smart. And I think for me, my team's really creative. And so to allow for creativity and innovation, I have to have psychological safety. Otherwise, we're not going to bring our best creativity forward and our best ideas forward to not only solve challenges, but to 
showcase signature in our best way. Yeah, and, and I would agree with you both. It, it, it is really important. And when you think about psychological safety now, like conceptually, we have it, but what about practically? So when you think about your teams, your leadership, the people you surround yourself with, how do you personally create a sense of psychological safety around you? Uh, one of the things is acknowledgement. So when folks step up, they speak up, whether they're saying something that's great or something that's less than great, you know, you acknowledge them, you appreciate them for their contribution, you, you thank them for their ideas. Uh, another thing that I like to use is when someone makes a mistake, you know, we don't call that, you know, a massive mistake, we call it a growth area. Okay, we've identified this area for you where we, we need to grow a little bit, we need to find something that we can improve and, and whatever it is. And so instead of it, you know, them being, again, afraid of reprisal or discipline or whatever it might be, they recognize we're, we're of a growth mindset. We want people to improve. We want to find the areas where we do need to grow and then focus on them to go to that next level. You know, Chris, and I like that you brought up mistake there because that that really is what it is, right? At the end of the day, psychological safety is about learning how to cope with fear, fear of whatever the individual has to decide. But I was listening to a podcast the other day and I heard this, psychological safety is not at odds with having tough conversations. It is what allows us to have tough conversations. And when I think about psychological safety, I think that's so true because there are elements to this. And, and when this concept gets hijacked, sometimes it, it, it comes into this I don't want to call it, I have high positivity in my strengths, as you know. I don't want to call it Pollyannish because there is work that needs to be done. There are tough conversations that we have to have. When you have a sense of psychological safety, it makes it possible to have those conversations and people walk away with dignity intact rather than feeling less than, lose their mojo, so to speak, and, and kind of take some steps back. It's having high respect for one another, right? So when you do have those difficult conversations, you're, you are looking at this person who you respect and you know that they're looking back at you. And, and when that mutual respect is there and those intentions of positivity and respect are there, it allows for this continued cultivation of, of uh, psychological safety. Exactly. And, and, and when we start to think about how important it is in the cohesion of the team and we start to to talk about um, that sense or feeling of belonging. Amy, how how do you make sure that people feel a sense or uh, kind of that feeling or uh, of belonging on the team? Another way to kind of answer your question, and I'm, I'm going to change your question, is maybe what leaders do and how do leaders know if they have psychological safety on their team? And I think belonging is part of that. And you can tell if people feel like they belong. But I also think from a leader's perspective, you have to be pretty consistent. You got to be consistent mm -hmm. about what is the a good way to go about it, what is a not right way to go about it. And when they know how you're going to take something that they tell you, I know a mark for me is when they tell me, Amy, I know you're not going to like this. Yep. You, you know, ahead of time, because I'm the same, I try to be very, very consistent and then people know how you're going to react to them. And, you know, and as far as how do you help people feel belonging on a team? I mean, part of it is just knowing people personally and remembering their people, which is harder in a hybrid workforce. We're told everything on TV isn't real. And then we sit and talk to people all day on TV. And so then all of a sudden they're not real. And I, that's one of the things that people hear me say a lot around these parts is the power of life. Remembering that the person that you're seeing on the screen is 
is person and is real. And when you start doing that, then you have, um, you have increased definitely belonging because people know that you know them for their authentic self and you still really like them for their authentic self and you show them the greatness in their authentic self. And then there's a really a piece of belonging there. But Mark, I told you this morning, I'm I, there's a science behind it too that I don't know much about with belonging. There's actual science. And so that's something maybe we could do a future podcast about because I want to learn more about the nuts and bolts of the science of it. One of the things I think of when 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 I think of of that concept, right? Whether it's belonging or or the term I use is connectedness, right? Um, you know, feel really connected into it. Um, I, I think there's some pillars and, and the pillars I would say is people have to have access. And so as a manager, when you're sitting out there leading a team, they need to have access to you. So if there's any barriers in the way of getting access, that could cause a disruption in the flow of this connection. The the other element then goes into that connection. That I think is what you're talking about, Amy. And when it comes to knowing them personally, it's being able to not just communicate, but to connect at some level. I think those are important, but there's something else. Once we get past access, past connection, then there's knowledge. And this knowledge is key. It's foundational because what you were just talking about, Amy, in terms of how leaders cultivate that with consistency is giving them the information that they know what's right, what's wrong, what's safe, what's you know not safe or what's good and what's not so good. And then it comes down to performance. And, and I, I really believe that at the end of the day, people will feel like they belong if they know that they're performing well, if they can achieve things. And so this performance, I don't hear often talked about in alignment with psychological safety, but if you want to feel safe on your team, perform really well. And if you have a, a leader who gives you access, you have a connection with, and you have the proper knowledge then that performance swings it around a little bit. And then all of a sudden, instead of a leader's responsibility, it becomes an individual responsibility. So let me ask this question and I'll throw it at you, Chris, because you love it when I hit you with these questions. What do you do? What's your responsibility in becoming psychologically safe on your team? So do you mean as far as how I interact with others or how I focus on my own personal actions? How do you manage your own personal actions and reactions so that you can build a sense of psychological safety for yourself. Mm, that's, that is really good. So a lot of it is shying away from negativity and um, predetermination, right? So making assumptions about people's intent, making assumptions about their thoughts towards me, right? And becoming confident in who I am and what I'm capable of. And I know that sounds a little bit prideful, self-centered, but it's really, we so much spend so much time casting our insecurities and, and things towards other folks and think that that's how they see us, or that's how they perceive us, or that's how they're thinking about us. And the reality of it is, is it's not true at all, right? The, the relationships that we have with one another are usually much better than we give them credit, right? Like, it, so I think part of it is having self-confidence and focusing on the good intentions of the person that I'm working with. And, you know, I think I've spoken of this before in an earlier podcast, but that's one thing that my wife and I have done very 
very purposefully in our relationship. We don't have bad intentions towards each other. And that it takes a lot of the bite and the sting out of, you know, disagreements. And it's very, very helpful in the work for, workforce too, to, to have that mindset. A couple couple ways that I, I do go about it. <laughs> There's a lot to it though. <laughs> there is, there is. Amy, what about yourself? I really try to hear what people are saying because sometimes what they're saying is, is not what they mean. And so I try to, I, I have high individualization. So I, I dig into that a lot to make sure if I'm hearing and can repeat back to people what I think they're saying, I think that builds safety between two people and trust. And I think some of the psychological safety comes down, comes down to trust and trust is built with competency and character. So making sure your character is of the highest level, doing what you say you're going to do and having that integrity, but also competence of making sure you have, you're building trust by delivering what you say you're going to deliver and more and showing that competency that you know what you're doing. And I think that builds trust, which then also leads itself to a lot of psychological safety between two people. And I think it's really important, Amy, when you're, when you're building that, that you take a real good look inside, like most leaders we're quick to look outside of ourselves to figure out what's broken in psychological safety, but to look inward, you know, and I've been doing this little research or kind of study just for myself on trusting my gut. You know, what does that actually mean? And, and here's what I've come to conclude that my gut instinct is good in the moment, just that moment. It's, it, 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 it doesn't predict the future. So if my gut is telling me this is going to be a problem in the future, what I'm realizing is that something in my thinking is not feeling psychologically safe. There's, there, there's probably something that I need to address. Gut instinct, good in the present. I trust it. It's intuition. I lean on it. But if I start thinking too far out in the future, um, I need to start asking clarifying questions like, why does that bother me? Why does that not feel safe? And when I do the inner work to align that, Oftentimes, I just find out that it's really just good now, and that is not true at all. And so that's that deeper inner work leaders have to do um, and individuals have to do to understand that we contribute to the psychological safety of the organization. If I sit back as an individual, say I'm a performer on any team, and I expect the company to make me feel psychologically safe without me first stepping in and saying, okay, what do I need to be psychologically safe? Why do I need that to be psychologically safe? And how can I build the framework personally to make a psychologically safe atmosphere around whatever I'm doing? Boy, I, I think that's a, a huge component of this that I don't hear a lot of people talking about, the individual responsibility of psychological safety. So Mark, question for you is, how do you know when you have established that with your team? Like, how do you know? I don't want to say you've arrived, right? Because there's always room for improvement. But yeah. how, do you, how do you recognize this is a psychological safe environment or, man, we need to work on this? Well, Chris, I think it ebbs and flows. And it ebbs and flows around the size of problems that you're solving. And generally speaking, psychological safety isn't a destination. It is part of the journey, meaning that you're going to have different levels of it at any one time. As complexity increases and, and the responsibilities increase, that, that may feel like it's not as psychologically safe because we're all uncomfortable and we have to deal with our own baggage. But I would say, generally speaking, you know that you have a psychologically safe team when, when individuals 
are free to be fairly transparent. Uh, that word authentic we overuse all the time, but I think it has something to do with it. If you're asking a question and you're getting honest answers, it's not because there's a big major problem in that person's life. We all have those. It's that they feel safe enough to bring those forward. So I think I think just being awareness of the answers you're getting back. And so if I ask a question and I don't get an answer back or I get all positive answers back, then sometimes I think, boy, I might have a little bit of work to do in this season to help restore, regain some psychological safety. But I would love to hear how you guys would answer that question. It's a great question. From my point of view, I think when the opportunities to have difficult conversations arise and it's not comfortable and it's not necessarily pleasant, but people are willing to have them and they're willing to be honest in them. And a lot of times it's hard to detect that for some folks. Some people are very empathic, right? We can sense when other people have, I'm using air quotes, a beef with us, right? Like there's something, some sort of contention there. And some people are oblivious to that. They just, they don't connect on that level, right? They don't have that level of empathy. And that's okay if you're a leader and you don't have that, find someone on your team who does and work closely with them and go, did you detect anything odd in the way that interaction happened, right? And then when there is that tension there, then you're able to go and have a a conversation with that person. Hey, I feel like there's some tension between us. What's going on? And and listen, right? Like Amy said, you have to listen and not listen mm-hmm. to respond, but listen to understand. And, you know, I think that's a very good tool. And if people just, they won't engage in those difficult conversations, that's that's a good gauge as well, that there's, there's something wrong there and there, there's some work that needs to happen. Excellent. And Chris, one of the things when it comes to that personal that that individual responsibility. I, I mean, here's a couple of things that, that, that pop off my head based on what you said. Know yourself. I, I think it's incumbent upon each of us to at least begin the journey to know ourselves. By the way, that's a journey that never ends. It goes on forever and ever. I'm not saying it's all about us, but I am saying we need to know ourselves. Uh, we need to address blind spots. Now, it's hard to address blind spots if you're not getting feedback. In Sign- At Signature Performance, we have the Uncommon Leadership Playbook. And what that's designed to do is a self-reflection tool in how you're doing. And you can get others to fill that tool out for you. Anyway, it helps identify potential blind spots. And once you know that they're there, if you sense a blind spot or if you know there's a blind spot, address them. Performance clarity, I think, is really important. And oftentimes, to feel real psychologically safe, you need to know what's expected. And if you don't know what's expected, you need to ask, you know, what is expected? Let's get really clear. How many times do we have a job performance, uh, like our job description, written up? And we don't look at it for an entire year instead of going back and reviewing it and saying, oh, at the beginning of this employment contract, you asked me to be this and I'm not being this. So I think it's really important for us all to to have performance clarity. I think it's important to solve meaningful problems. Um, And what does that mean? Well, that means you have to have the wherewithal to know the highest and best use of your time. And then, then probably the last, you know, is strive to help others. And, and continue to have that servant mindset, leaning in, helping solve problems along the way. A couple of things that come to mind when I think about that, Chris. As we continue on and build on psychological safety within Signature and our organization, what advice to our listeners can we offer to help them build psychological safety? And more than that, what can we ask them to kind of take a challenge to step into this a little bit more? I, here's my challenge would be this, ask a question that you're not sure you don't want to know the answer to and see what happens. I do that. And it's always fascinating. But when you ask a question, you're not sure you don't, you want to know the answer to. 
usually you get the right, usually you get the, if you created a space of psychological safety, usually you get a really great perspective. Well, at the end of the day, I am so grateful that we work for an organization who pursues psychological safety down to the team and individual level. It's a, it's a privilege to be here and have these conversations about elements of what makes great teams become uncommon teams. Thank you both for uh, sharing your wisdom and your thoughts. And to everyone out there, as you ask that question that Amy has challenged us to ask, uh, just remember that getting to psychological safety takes a little bit of intentionality and work. And as you ask that, um, be ready, because if you've done your job, you're going to get some really great feedback. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Amy. I've enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Amy. Likewise. Good seeing you guys. Signature Performance is the foremost leader in healthcare administration. Your work advancing our mission is transforming healthcare in the U.S. Signature is bringing together the best and brightest in healthcare. Discover opportunities at www.signatureperformance.com careers and be inspired to build an uncommon career that matters.